Hello and welcome back to Big Lezzers, a league in all rugby league experience. Now, I've gone through every single player uh, eligible for both Blues and the Queensland Maroons in this current class of players uh, in the NRL. Obviously, the QRL website, they have it on their page. If you go into the About Us page uh, and then you go to Eligible Players, they have it there. I had to do a little bit more digging for the New South Wales Blues eligibility list. It isn't on the New South Wales Rugby League website. Site, uh, but I did find it on zero tackle. It didn't have every single player from this current class of players who are eligible, but uh, it gave me a pretty good idea. And then I did some external research as well for some other guys that I think could definitely, definitely um, debut for the Blues, not just next year, but going into the next few years as we see a few generations of Blues teams come about over the next few years, a few, I guess, dynasties of New South Wales and of Maroons teams over the next few years. Now, one thing that was very noticeable for me was the fact that there are a lot more New South Wales players uh, that could debut over the next few years than there are for Queensland. I feel like we're in a really good stage for Queensland. They've got a very good team, and they've got a fuckload of depth as well. They've got a lot of depth uh, in this side. So uh, without further ado, let's start off with the Blues. We'll go through the Blues players first, just because there's more of them, uh, and then we'll go through the Maroons. I have got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 Blues players. I've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 uh, Queensland Maroons players that could debut. Let's just say over the next three to five years. Now, uh, the first one I've got on the Blues list is Blake Braley. Now, obviously unlucky to be behind a really good class of hookers. You've obviously got your Damian Cooks, your Appy Corusers, uh, and your Reese Robsons that would be in front of Blake Braley for a debut spot. But he has been one of the more consistent hookers um, over the past two years, especially. And especially this season just passed, he was absolutely outstanding and a real unsung hero in that Cronulla Sharks side. Yes, uh, obviously they didn't have much success in 2023. They still made the finals, so you've got to give them credit where credit's due there. Um, but, you know, they weren't really the better team because they weren't able to beat those top eight sides. However, in games where they were on and when they were really impressive, you had guys like Nico Hines obviously standing out, uh, but you also had Blake Braley, who would always be very consistent and had a very good com- combination, um, especially towards the back end of the year with Nico Hines. Now, uh, if Nico Hines is potentially the future at 6-2 for the Blues. Obviously, they could go with a completely different side um, going into 2024. Michael Maguire potentially coming in, uh, which hasn't been confirmed yet, which is very, very crazy. Obviously, there's a lot of issues at the moment with the New Zealand side, which we posted uh, yesterday or a few days ago now. But the New Zealand Rugby League board, obviously, uh, is is thinking about uh, moving on Michael Maguire, um, obviously, if he does get the job with the New South Wales Blues. But um, talking about Blake Braley, obviously, Damien Cook. Damien Cook's in his 30s now. Um, so is Abby Corusau, I believe. If he's not, he's at least 28. Corusau age. 
Uh, he's 31 at Bicorosau. And Damien Cook, let me just look it up. I'm, I think he only just turned 30 last year. Uh, yeah, 32. So, yeah, they're both in the peak of their powers. Uh, Reese Robson is obviously quite young. You'd think that they'd need another hooker in their bench rotation. That's how they've been doing it over the past few years. Again, could be very wrong there. Michael McGuire could come in and change that up. But um, if they do go with the two-hooking route, um, which obviously Queensland have been known to do with a Ben Hunt uh, and Harry Grant combo, Blake Braley could be the 14 in 2025, 2026. Uh, so over the next few years, he could definitely get a debut. If there is a shit ton of injury, you know, things can always go wrong. Players can always get injured in rugby league. If there's a shit ton of injuries and a spot opens up, uh, he could even debut in 2024. So, um, yeah, he's one that I'm definitely keeping my eye on. I think as well, if the Sharks go quite well this season, if things start kicking for them, if their defense improves, which is a big part of what went wrong for them as well in 2023, a Craig Fitzgibbon side that wasn't really getting the better reads in defense. Um, Obviously, that will change in 2024 with Craig Fitzgibbon and his really, really successful defensive coaching style. Um, you know, I think that they could really improve. Blake Braley stands out a little bit more. Maybe he gets a spot over a Reese Robson over an Appy Corusau, um, you know, and gets into that side in a 14 jersey or maybe even in a number nine jersey with a complete revamp of this New South Wales Blues side. But Blake Braley is definitely one I'll be keeping an eye on there uh, as a number nine who could potentially be in this side over the next three to five years. Uh, The next one I've got here from the Cronulla Sharks as well is Cam McInnes. Now, it is a bit of a roguie. He obviously is in the peak of his powers as well. I believe Cam McInnes, he'd be in late 20s, early 30s. Uh, Got to look that up as well. Cam McInnes age. He is... Why is it saying aged care? Fuck, he's not that old, is he? 29 years old. Um, So he's getting into the peak of his powers as well. But I feel like with a bit of experience on that bench, he can come in and play in that lock forward jersey and really kill it in defense. He's a really solid defender uh, and really good link man through the middle. I think that he could be a great little asset um, for the Blues coming off the bench. He can also come in and play in that number nine jersey if there is injuries, or even if they decide to go with another route uh, in the 14 jersey, for example, they could chuck in a Ryan Pappenhausen, a Scott Drinkwater, who which we, we, we'll talk about both of those guys in a second, in that 14 jersey. Um, and then they obviously have Cam McInnes there, where obviously if whoever's at nine, whether it be Reese Robson, Damian Cook, Abby Corusau, Blake Braley, potentially if they need a spell, uh, we can see a Cam McInnes come on and take over in the nine. Or if they can play the full 80, uh, which I think is unlikely, Cam McInnes just comes in in the middle and he can do that anyway with a Brandon Smith type rotation, I think that could be very, very interesting there for the Blues. Uh, but Cam McInnes is definitely one that I have there who could debut for the Blues um, over the next few years. Now, a lot of people are saying he's already played Origin. No, he didn't. He was in the Origin squad a few years ago, but he hasn't played. So he's one that could debut Cam McInnes. Uh, Ruben Garrick from the Manly Seagulls is another one I have here from uh, for the New South Wales Blues. You know, we're talking about this revamp of this side a lot. Uh, Ruben Garrett could be a guy that comes in in that revamp and gets a spot on the wing. 
Uh, we've obviously got Brian Toto on one wing, uh, but that other wing spot, it really isn't set in stone. There can be a, a few guys that can pounce onto that jersey. I think that Ribbon Garrett could really be one of those. If Manly do kick on this year, they have a solid year with Luke Brooks at the six, having a out-and-out six in the number six jersey, but having that locked in as well, I think Manly can do a really, really good job this season. Obviously, uh, depending on Tom Travojevic as well, but even without Tommy, uh, Ruben Garrick's done a great job at fullback as well. So if Manly do go okay or go really well in 2024, Ruben Garrick could definitely get a look in on the wing. And that's definitely something to consider here for the Blues. Um, you know, he's a really, really talented player. Uh, you know, he can play on the wing, he can play in the centers, he can play fullback. The versatility uh, is another asset that makes him very, very, uh, I guess, a key. someone have a keen eye um, on Ruben Garrick for an origin spot in 2024. Uh, I certainly think that he could do a job there for the Blues. Um, speaking from the same side, Hamole Olakawatu uh, is another guy that a lot of people have been pushing to get a debut for the Blues. And I think that they are right in doing so. He would have a lot of size coming off the bench, which, uh, you know, in some cases you could argue that the Blues have lacked over the past few years. They've lacked a bit of size coming off the bench or just a bit of ticker. And I think Kamali Olakowatu provides that ticker. He could even start on an edge and have a combination with Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary putting up a few kicks for him. Uh, and he would be a very, very, uh, I guess, a really well-utilized strike weapon there on the edge. He's really good under the high ball and is a really tough runner of the football as well. Uh, and, you know, having him coming off the bench, he can play on an edge, he can play in the middle, he has the versatility in the forwards, which would be a really, really good asset for the Blues. So, Hamali Olakawatu, definitely one that could debut even in 2024 with a new-looking Blues team, if that is the way Michael Maguire goes. Uh, Ryan Pappenhausen's another one for me. And this one's got a bit of a star next to it, obviously because he has been getting a lot of injuries over the past three years. So um, it's, it's really hard to put him in, especially because there is that lingering thought of he could get injured again. Uh, but, you know, from a purely positive perspective, if Ryan Pappenhausen doesn't get injured... I could definitely see him rocking that 14 jersey. There is the question of size. He is a very small guy compared to some of the other outside backs um, that we see in origin, that we see today, um, especially especially in this Queensland side. Selwyn Cobbo and Xavier Coates could be the wing pairing. Two very tall uh, wingers that, I guess, are pretty much heads taller than Ryan Pappenhausen, so a little bit of a disadvantage there, but right again, Ryan Pappenhausen, that ver- Ryan Pappenhausen sorry, has that versatility of playing fullback wing. He can play center potentially. Uh, again, question of size, but fullback wing, he's played at 5'8 before. Don't know if I chuck him in the front line, but he does have that versatility if someone gets injured, and that's what I like about Ryan Pappenhausen in that 14 jersey. Now, we talk about um, outside backs with versatility. Scott Drinkwater comes to mind for me to, for a debut. I think that he is a very, very big shout. Uh, and especially because he's so different to James Tedesco. The only reason I don't have Dylan Edwards in this list, and a lot of people are going to give me pushback on not having Dylan Edwards in this list, but the only reason he's not there is purely because of the fact that he does not provide um, you know, anything substantially different 
to James Tedesco. The only real difference between Edwards and Tedesco is that Dylan Edwards rucks up more metres at the end of the day. He rucks up more metres. He has more post-contact metres, more tackle busts. He's just a younger-bodied James Tedesco. James Tedesco, uh, sorry, that plays a very similar game. Uh, very support play oriented as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of similarities you can draw between Tedesco and Dylan Edwards, and that's the only reason I don't have Dylan Edwards here. He definitely is a shout of debuting. That is uh, for sure. If they want to go with a similar playing style, we could see Dylan Edwards as the fullback for the Blues. Um, but, you know, evidence would suggest that Scott Drinkwater will be that guy, particularly because Scott Drinkwater was picked in the extended squad over Dylan Edwards. So I think they are looking to mold their game uh, into a different style of play. Having that second 5'8 at fullback in Scott Drinkwater, he plays a very, I uh, guess, second 5'8 style game at fullback. Uh, support play is great from Scotty Drinkwater, but he provides so much more. Really good with his 5'8 man. Obviously, we've seen him really work well with Tom Dearden going down that left-hand side. He can operate down both sides of the ruck, but he is very left-side oriented, uh, Scott Drinkwater. So he does play like a second 5'8. Um, and I think that, you know, whoever he is at six, whether it be Luai, whether it be Hines, whether it be Burton, uh, if you want to go down that road as well, uh, he could provide a really good combination with his six. And especially if you do pick someone like Burton, they're two very different players. But Burton is very, uh, I guess, one of those tougher, tough carries, get to the NDS set type uh, five eights. He can provide a little bit of flair, but he is quite, um, I guess, less off the cuff and a bit more sturdy uh, and get to the end of your set type players. Uh, obviously, very kicking game oriented as well as a great kicking game, Matt Burton. Whereas Scotty Drinkwater, he loves to roam. Um, he loves to provide that X factor there yeah, at fullback. Having two very different first and second 5'8", obviously that one coming from fullback, one coming from 5'8". Um, it provides that little bit of unpredictability, you know, about what they're going to do going down that left-hand side of the ruck. So I think that Scotty Drinkwater could be a really big shout of debuting in 2024. And you could see it over a guy like Dylan Edwards just because Edwards and Tedesco are very, very similar in their styles of play. They could go for the long shot and go for Scotty Drinkwater. And I think that Scott Drinkwater, just because he was there in the extended squad over Dylan Edwards, could be that guy. Now, obviously, it is a different coach. The different coach might have a different outlook about how this side should be structured going into the next few years. I still think Scott Drinkwater is a little bit more likely than Dylan Edwards to make his debut because he is different to James Tedesco. And part of having a rebuild is not going to the same patterns um, where, you know, you get someone that is very similar to a James Tedesco rather than going down a different route with Scott Drinkwater. So Scott Drinkwater is there for me. Uh, Jacob Preston, I think, is a big shout. Uh, is a more controversial shout. Obviously, he's only been in the league for one year. But I feel like not next year. He might be in the squad next year just for blooding. Um, but, you know, going into next season, um, and obviously into the next few seasons, I think more likely over the next three years, we could see Jacob Preston uh, involved in this side, in this uh, Blues side coming off the bench or maybe starting in the back row. He does have a lot of potential. I think he could definitely be in and around this Blues squad. Not next year, maybe in 2025, but he is definitely what we call a smoky 
um, to be in the squad just for blooding purposes, to blood him into the squad for the future uh, and obviously for depth as well. If someone goes down, he would be a great little guy to bring in. So Jacob Preston's there for me. Uh, Will Penasini, obviously, uh, with Michael Maguire potentially coming in and providing a new outlook on how this side should be structured. I think they could definitely go down the route of getting someone else in the centres. Now, we might not see Latrell Mitchell and Tom Trevojevic in the centres. Latrell Mitchell has got a lot to worry about with South Sydney, and we've got a lot to worry about about Tom Trevojevic as to whether he is going to be fit and ready to go to play Origin in 2024. Injury is going to be a big factor when looking at Tom Trevojevic. He could end up on the wing, uh, Tom Trevojevic as well. Uh, He has that versatility, and he's played on the wing before for this side. I think that Will Penasini is a shout to play in the centers if they are going down a different route. Now, they've obviously got depth like pretty much fucking everywhere for the Blues. Uh, they've got Bradman Best, who's obviously just played last year, who I think could be a shoe-in going into 2024. Uh, you've obviously got Latrell Mitchell and Tom Trevojevic, if both fit. Uh, and obviously, if Latrell Mitchell has a good year with South Sydney, which is you know a big, big if, and then if Tom Trevojevic is fit, um, then you've also got Stephen Crichton as well, depending on how he goes with the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Uh, you've got a lot of guys that can come in and play in the centres. Matt Burton being another one if he doesn't get the 5-8 jersey. You know, there's a lot of guys that can come in and play centre and that have come in to play centre as well. Jack Whiten, obviously, if he gets back into the international game, but that is, again, a big if. Um, you know, Will Penasini, I really do think he is a shout If they want to go in a completely new direction, he could be a guy that comes in alongside Bradman Bess. Uh, And it really depends on how Parramatta go this season as well. But Will Penasini definitely over the next few years could be a look-in. Campbell Graham's a big one for me. I think that depending on, again, how this side is structured, he can play on the wing, he can play in the centres. You know, Campbell Graham has to be there, or at least in the squad, because... He would be such a good asset for the Blues to have. He provides 110% for any side he plays for. He was great for Australia in the the World Cup two years ago. He is definitely a guy I'd be considering 100%. He would be a guy I'd consider for this uh, origin side as well, Campbell Graham. He is an absolute workhorse defensively and at attack. He is really, really solid. Uh, He's a guy that's definitely going to be there over the next few years and definitely is a smoky for the 2024 season. Now, talking about smokies, this is pretty much pulling smokies out of the hat here. This is one, this is a name that not many people would really agree with, but I think that if he has a big year um, for the Dragons, he could be in and around this side. And I think you guys know who I'm talking about already. Obviously got the call up from Freddie a few years ago to be in the squad, but that's Zach Lomax. I think that if he has a big year, and we've seen him in big games, how he's performed in big games for St. George, But if he keeps that level of consistency with how he plays, if he puts 110% in every single week for St. George, it doesn't mean they have to be, you know, in the top eight or around the top eight. Even if they're below the bottom again this season, but he is fucking killing it for this side and playing with 110%. You know, he could definitely be in and around the squad and over the next few years be in the centers, be on the wing, be in this side. Uh, He's definitely got a lot of talent. We've seen that. Uh, but just consistency has been an issue for him. 
I think that if he stays consistent, he is going to be in and around the squad over the next few years. But yes, very much so a smoky. And then two forwards to cap off the Blues. Uh, the first one being Spencer Lenu. I think that he is definitely a shout um, to be in this Blues side coming off the bench. Uh, he's an absolute weapon, absolute workhorse. Uh, I think that he could definitely be in and around the squad. Uh, more so in 2024, he's one of the guys I'm way more confident about um, than all of the other guys I've really read out here. A lot of these guys are Smokies that I have read out here. Even if they keep the same side going into 2024, I think that Spencer Lane, you could be a shout off the bench. He is just an absolute workhorse, runs the ball so hard. Uh, he's one of those guys that puts the fear in the eye of the defender. Um, you know, we saw it in that New Zealand versus Samoa game. Even when they were getting flogged, he was really uh, putting in 110% for that side, no matter what the scoreline was. So, uh, Spencer Lane, you could be a big asset, especially in big games, close games. He could be the difference through the middle. Uh, and then a lot of a guy that a lot of people have been talking about, and then I'm very keen on. Obviously, I predicted him to play last year, but didn't. Uh, and that's Nat Butcher. I think Nat Butcher could be in and around there for sure. Um, he, you know, obviously was very consistent towards the start of last year for the Roosters and played some really good games for the Roosters. Again, you talk about unsung heroes for their sides. Talked about Blake Bradley for the Sharks before. Uh, Nat Butcher. Um, for the Roosters, has definitely been that unsung hero, and I think that he could definitely be in and around the squad going into next season. Now, for the Queensland Maroons, and we've spent a lot of time going through the Blues, but I'll try and go through these Maroons deputants as quickly as I can. The first one, and probably the most obvious one, and a heavily predicted guru pick for a debut in this Queensland Maroons side um, is Jermaine Hopgood. He, you know, if he, if Parramatta have a good year, um, if they, you know, create that level of consistency, which they have missed, um, even when they had a really strong side with your Isaiah Papali'is and your Reid Marnies in their peak of their powers over there. But if they find a level of consistency, and Jermaine Hopgood obviously has those big games that we've seen him have in 2023, uh, especially at the start of the year, even when they were losing. Jermaine Hopgood had some really solid performances. You know, if he has those big games on a consistent basis, he could definitely be in this squad in 2024 and maybe crack a debut in 2025, uh, depending on how the side is structured for Billy. I imagine that he will keep a very similar side to last year. Uh, Reid Marnie for me as well. Uh, obviously, this would be post Ben Hunt. If they want to go with a two-hooker rotation, Reid Marnie is definitely someone to look at. But that, again, really depends on form. And it also depends on this headache with Reese Walsh and uh, Kalen Ponga as well. You know, how is this side going to look post not only Ben Hunt, but Cam Munster post Dully Cherry Evans? Do we see Reese Walsh or KP? Playing and in that 5'8 jersey, um, you know, it's a big question. Uh, obviously, we haven't been too impressed with KP at 5'8, but if you want these both of these guys on the field, maybe to you take that risk uh, with putting KP at 5'8. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, Reed Marnie, depending on how they use that 14 jersey, could definitely be in and around this side if they do go and use the two hooking rotation. My next guy is Bo Firma. Now, yes, he was in this squad 
for that worst side ever when they obviously won that game. Uh, they had a very different side to what they do now. Um, but he was in the squad, I think, in 2019, 2020, 2021. In between those years, he has definitely been in the squad. Um, but uh, Bo Firma, for me, is definitely a shout. He is 100% a shout um, to be in this side, or at least in the squad. He's a guy that a lot of people have slept on, and I think that will come in and kill it for the Maroons when selected, if selected, but when selected. Um, for the Gold Coast Titans, I think he could be one of their better players. You've got your Kieran Forens, your Jaden Campbells, your AJ Brimson's, your David Fafitas, your Tinos, uh, your Keenan Palacios, your Mo Fodder Wakers. It's a very strong-looking Titans side, but I really do think that if anyone's going to stand out, he will, because he can not only play in the back row, but he can fill in at center. He can solve that outside back problem that they've been having, obviously, uh, with their forever changing outside backs. He could be a guy that fills in there. Might have lost a little bit of speed, obviously, with this knee injury that he did have, this ACL injury. Um, but, you know, he can fill in in the centers. He can play in the back row. He can come off the bench and do a job for you as well. His versatility is another asset that I think could gain him a spot, at least in the squad. But I think he'll make his debut um, for the Maroons in 2024. He, I think, is going to have a big year for the Gold Coast Titans and definitely be in the starting side towards the midpoint of the year. Um, speaking of this Titans team, there are a few fullbacks in front of this guy. You've obviously got KP and Reese Walsh uh, are miles ahead of this bloke. But Jaden Campbell's a smoky for me as well. Uh, to be at least in a squad in 2024. Uh, they have been famous of blooding some of the young guys in this Queensland squad. Your Sam Walkers, your Tom Deedens, um, obviously Reese Walsh as well. Before he got injured, he was going to play. Uh, but, you know, obviously that year, and then he did play obviously last season. But they have been known to blood some of the younger guys in this Queensland Maroons side. I think that Campbell gets picked in the squad going into this year. Um, I think that he debuts, though. I, don't, I think it will take at least another two years for him to make his debut, uh, if that, because obviously, yes, Reese Walsh and Kalen Ponga are ahead of him at the moment. But again, injuries do happen. We could see a big move for Jaden Campbell to get his debut over the next few years if there is injury. You know, if KP does go down with head knocks again and Reese Walsh gets injured, we could see Jaden Campbell be that third string guy that comes in and plays uh, for the Queensland Maroons. So another Smokey there and Jaden Campbell. Um, a big, big Smokey. Now, obviously, they have been known to have a lot of depth in the forward pack, and this just goes to show how much depth they do have, uh, this Queensland Maroons side. Uh, but two, I guess, big Smokies to debut over the next few years. The first one being Ethan Bullymore from the Manly Seagulls. I fucking love what I see from him every single week. He does provide that consistency um, for this um, obviously Manly Seagull side, but uh, could provide a real strong, I guess, impact off the bench. He's a big body. He can play through the middle. He can play on an edge. Uh, that versatility in the forwards as well. We talk about versatility, how it gives you a leg up when selectors are picking these teams. Um, he's a, definitely a guy that shines out for me and has been killing it for Manly in 2023 uh, coming off the bench. I think if Manly kill it again and he has a strong year, he could be in that Queensland Maroons squad 100%. He's a guy I'll be keeping an eye on for a smoky over the next few years to make his Queensland Maroons debut. 
Uh, and another guy is Trent Lorio from the uh, Melbourne Storm. You know, Melbourne haven't been famous, especially in 2023, for depth in the forwards. They've had a really small forward pack, and they're going to have a real small forward pack again if they don't start signing some more young forwards um, going into 2024. Um, but Trent Lorio is a guy that has been an unsung hero for this Melbourne Storm side and has kept a level of consistency. You know what you're going to get from him week in, week out. If the Maroons need a guy like that, if there is a shit ton of injury, he could be a guy that gets his debut over the next few years. And he'll be someone that I'll be watching as well here, Trent, Trent Liero. Um, obviously, Jack Howarth is Queensland eligible as well, but he hasn't even made his debut yet. Um, but, you know, he's another guy that you could watch out for. But on this list, Trent Liero is a guy that I have here to potentially make his debut over the next three to five years. Um, a guy in the outside backs, if they do need some depth in the outside backs going into the next few years, is Isaiah Tass. Um, depending on where he fits into this South Sydney side or if he goes elsewhere over the next three to five years, I think he has the potential to work his way into uh, the outside backs for this Queensland side and be a mainstay there with Hamaso Tabuai Fido. Uh, and obviously, depending on with the direction they go over the next few years, the Queensland Maroons, um, you know, they could go with Isaiah Tass over the next three to five years for sure. I think that depending on how South Sydney go, he could even get a spot in the squad this season, so or this upcoming season. So uh, that will be one to watch. And then obviously, when we're looking at post uh, Daly Cherry Evans and post uh, Cameron Munster. Tom Dearden's a guy that's debuted already. Uh, Ezra Mam is someone that stands out to me to be in this squad. Um, I think that he is going to be definitely in the squad for me going into 2024 uh, to blood him into this squad. But um, another guy for me uh, that's also on this list and he's the last guy on this list, we all obviously know why. We think Ezra Mam's going to be there, the talent, the X Factor. Um, but Sam Walker as well is someone that if the Roosters go well over the next few years, he could be in the squad for sure. And he might even be a smoky for the replacement for DCE in that number seven jersey. It just depends on how he evolves his game. Uh, but Ezra Mam for me is definitely one we could see in the squad for 2024. But you could also see a Sam Walker over the next few years in the squad as well. He's been in the squad already, um, Sam Walker. Uh, but potentially to make his debut if there's injury as well. Uh, he is a big call that I think could definitely p play off for the Queensland Maroons. Well, 